0: Ray Brown's Talkin' Birds.
1: Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers Watchers General Store. For Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. We'd like to invite all of Ray's listeners to join us on one of our free upcoming walks at birding hotspots throughout Rhode Island. Explore the smallest state in the Union with the biggest variety of birds by visiting our website, www.oceanstatebirdclub.org, for more information. You can also follow us on Facebook. Find out all we have to offer birders with Ocean State Bird Club.
2: Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 717, coming to you today, live here on the 3rd of March, from the Mass Audubon Birders Meeting at the College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts. And if you're anywhere near Worcester, Massachusetts... Uh, Come on by because this event goes until 4.30 this afternoon. Lots of wonderful speakers and great programs and food and all that kind of stuff at the College of the Holy Cross in Worcester uh, today, the 3rd of March, until 4.30 this afternoon. Well, we have some good news for birds in the halls of the U.S. Congress. Well, first, I almost forgot, we're we're doing a Facebook Live this morning. So if you go to the Talking Birds Facebook page... Uh, you can see our show in progress. You may not want to do that, but it's an option (laughs) right now. All right. So in the halls of the U.S. Congress just this week on Tuesday, to be precise, the Natural Resources Management Act was passed in the House on a landslide vote of 363 to 62. It's being described as a massive win for conservation in the U.S. Arizona Congressman Raul Grijalva called it Congress at its best. The bill includes permanent reauthorization of the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which supports the protection of federal public lands and waters. It also designates wilderness areas, monuments, and other public lands that will help conserve habitat for birds and other wildlife. Birds will also benefit from the bill's reauthorization of the Neotropical Migratory Bird Conservation Act, which provides direct conservation support 386 bird species that winter in Central and South America. In addition to protecting public lands, the act renews the Every Kid Outdoors program, which provides fourth graders and their families free admission to all national parks for the next seven years. It also approves the 21st Century Conservation Service Corps Act, which aims to give more work opportunities to young adults and veterans in maintaining the land. The bill was passed in the Senate earlier this month. It now goes to the president, who is expected to sign it into law. We'll have just a bit more about this in our conservation salute in a a moment or two. Right now we have a preview of our mystery bird contest, which is coming up a little bit later on in the show. And Jesse, if we could hear the sound of our mystery bird, possibly. couple of clues here. This is the preview of our contest, coming along later in the program. Our crow-sized mystery bird is mostly black, with white stripes on the face and on its long neck. And a red stripe on the cheeks of the male. It has a large triangular crest and a long chisel-like bill. Our bird's primary food is carpenter ants, supplemented by other ants. Wood-boring beetle larvae, termites and other insects, which it finds by digging holes, usually rectangular holes in trees. Some clues there. The sound of our mystery bird. We have some amazing prizes this morning from Droll Yankees. The always super popular window mount songbird feeder attaches right to your window so you get direct uh, access to looking, uh, not touching, but looking at the birds uh, at your feeder right at your window. It holds a couple of cups of seed or fruit or mealworms. Plus, we have a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. And and we have a correction here because we've been saying recently uh, when we've given away this Birds and Beans coffee that it was a 12-ounce bag. No, no. It's actually a two-pound bag. So that's a a big bag. Who knows how many ounces that is? But it's a big bag of delicious bird-friendly shade-grown Birds and Beans coffee, a two-pound bag. So those are the prizes on our Mystery Bird contest. And you've heard the preview, so we hope you'll stand by and get ready to call when we... Kind of give the signal just uh, a little bit later. Uh, Meanwhile, some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Seize the day. A gull enters a grocery store and grabs some grub, Doritos maybe, and exits with his prize without any of that silly payment stuff. We'll connect you with the very short but absolutely must-see video. First, justice disappeared from Washington, D.C., and then liberty departed. But hold on, Liberty and Justice are bald eagles and we'll link you to their story courtesy of Washington's Channel 4 TV. And what happened when an osprey dropped a fish behind second base at a Jacksonville, Florida baseball game? Our Facebook page provides the answer through a link to a story from usatoday.com. That's some of what we have for you on our Facebook page right now. You can also find those stories uh, through an online search in case you're not a Facebook follower. We kind of alluded to a conservation salute a moment ago in conjunction with our opening story. Well, Senator Lisa Murkowski, Republican senator from Alaska, who is chairman of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee, oversaw the formulation uh, of that sweeping lands conservation bill. So thank you, Senator Murkowski, for getting the ball rolling. And we celebrate the fact that Congress may not be completely broken. Well, that maybe, just maybe, Conservation need not be a partisan issue. Hey, we're thankful once again this week for new Talkin' Birds ambassadors joining us. Ambassadors who are listeners who agree to let us send them a bunch of Talking Birds cards, which they hand out to their friends and neighbors, fellow birders. And we say thank you this week to Kim R. from Denver, Iowa. If you heard the show last week, that will probably sound familiar because uh, Kim was our mystery bird contest winner And right after that, she signed up as an ambassador. And we didn't even make her sign up in order to get the prizes for the mystery bird contest. She did that on her own. She says she likes the environmental messages that we often feature on the show. She says she's a member of Prairie Rapids Audubon Society. And that they have Talking Birds on their links uh, through their website. She says, I'm working to being a better birder by ear. And Talking Birds is helping me with that Gold. She also says, one spring day, our Audubon group was out when I thought I heard the mnemonic, it's a red, it's a red, it's a red t shirt from the show. I went looking, and there was a beautiful hooded warbler, a life bird that I got to share with the group, also a life bird for them, and some great photos, too. Thank you so much, Kim. And thank you to Paul Sweet from Madison, Connecticut. He says he just started listening to our podcast. Uh, He has a long daily commute. And he says it makes his ride more tolerable. All right. Not good, but more tolerable. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Paul. To become a Talking Birds ambassador is pretty easy to do and no heavy lifting uh, required. Uh, just choose the Become an Ambassador option via the contact button at TalkingBirds.com. Still to come on our show today here at the College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts for the Mass Audubon annual birders meeting. We'll talk with poet children's author and educator susan edwards richmond plus we'll catch up with our man mike o'connor who'll talk about carolina wrens in our let's ask mike segment and up next one of the most awesome and most cooperative big beautios is today's featured feathered friend presented by bird watching magazine for more than a quarter century bird watching has been north america's premier magazine about wild birds and birding When John James Audubon embarked on an expedition to the Gulf of Mexico in 1837 and along the Missouri River in 1843, he was accompanied by farmer, philanthropist, and ornithologist Edward Harris. Harris was a friend and financial supporter of Audubon, and that friendship, or maybe that financial support, led Audubon to commemorate Harris in the common name of two birds, a distinctive-looking sparrow and our fierce, featured, feathered friend, the Harris's Hawk. We got some up-close looks at this magnificent raptor a few months ago at the Audubon Society of Rhode Island's Raptor Weekend, and we haven't forgotten it. It's an especially handsome hawk, with bold markings of dark brown, chestnut red and white, yellow legs and yellow facial markings. The Harris's hawk breeds from the southwestern United States down to Brazil, central Argentina, and Chile, and is the only member of its genus, Parabuteo. The long-legged Harris's hawk, once known as the bay-winged hawk, or one-banded buzzard, exhibits some remarkable cooperative behaviors, including something called backstacking, in which up to four individuals stand on top of each other giving the hawk at the top of the stack a better view for hunting. Very helpful in landscapes where elevated perches are hard to come by. And it extends that cooperative hunting as several birds glide low over the ground with a lead bird on the lookout for potential prey. The hawks take turns pursuing their targets, which can include birds, lizards, rodents, and large insects, chasing them until they're exhausted and flushing hiding prey, which are then pounced on by other members of the group. Harris's hawks have exceptional color vision. In fact, a recent study conducted by Lund University in Sweden showed that the bird has the best color vision of all the animals they've investigated so far. And those findings may be put to use in future designs of hazards to the birds, like wind turbines and power lines. The Harris's hawk. Parabutio unisinctus, today's talking birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show number seven hundred seventeen, live from the Mass Audubon Birders Meeting, a big annual affair going on this year at the College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts. If you're in Massachusetts or maybe Rhode Island or any nearby state, uh, we hope you'll come by. It's a wonderful event. It goes until four thirty this afternoon here at the College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts. And what a beautiful campus it is, and a beautiful day, and incredible views from here. It's our show, number 717. We hope you'll visit our website. That's talkingbirds.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Birds. Susan Edwards-Richmond writes about the relationship between humans and wild nature. She's the author of five poetry collections and the children's picture book, Bird Count forthcoming in October of this year. More on that in a couple of minutes. About her most recent collection, Before We Were Birds, Fred Marchant writes, With stunning imagery and gentle meditative music, Richmond conjures a sense of sacred wildness in all things. Susan is a two time winner of the Academy of American Poets Prize. She served as poetry editor of Sanctuary, the journal of the Massachusetts Audubon Society. And she has published poems in Appalachia, Blue Line, The Iowa Review, Poetry East, and Runes. And she teaches in Mass Audubon's Drumlin Farm Community Preschool. More about that uh, just uh, ahead as well. Good morning, Susan.
3: Good morning. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show, Ray.
2: You're very welcome. It's great to have you here. and You have such a wonderful background with your writing. It's pretty incredible. So you're making a presentation here today at the Birders' Meeting uh, with reflections on the idea that poets have been moved by birdsong and identified with birds' mysterious beauty throughout literary history. Could you tell us more about that idea? And for those who can't attend your presentation, maybe give us a, a kind of micro, a mini radio version of, of what your presentation will be.
3: Sure. Well, I was so excited to be invited because this is the first time that the birders meeting has included an arts component, so it was a big a big victory for the arts here today. Um, I'm doing sort of a, a immersive reading that takes us all the way from some of the first uh, people to be inspired by birds and poetry, in fact, the first Hindi poet um, around 500 BC um, is credited with uh, the the poem was what came from seeing a bird in the wild seeing a, a mysterious um, encounter where a bird was killed and that a beautiful song inspired him to write the first couplet in the Hindi language and then of course Shakespeare is full of birds so we have to have a little reading from Romeo and Juliet okay. and then we'll take you forward to Mary Oliver and Gary Snyder and uh, some of the other more contemporary poets
2: the great Mary Oliver, who just passed away, we just lost her what, a couple of months ago? Yeah,
3: that was a huge loss. Uh, she's someone whose poetry just kept growing on me. Um, I, I loved what she was able to do so simply and, and and so deeply with her observations.
2: So birds play a pretty major role in your inspiration for poetry, right?
3: They are. I, mean, I think one of the wonderful things about birds is they are everywhere. Um, I love being outdoors. That is really where I get my um, motivation to write. And it's one of the animals that's so visible and so beautiful. You know, I love mammals as well, but you might see a squirrel or a chipmunk. But uh, birds, you can see an infinite variety right out your door. Um, even in the Even in urban settings or anywhere, there's always birds.
2: Do you want to read one of your poems for us? Do you have one there? There's, there's one here in your book, Before We Were Birds, and this is kind of owling season oh, here at the sure. beginning of March, so maybe you could read that poem. Um, it's called Owling.
3: Yeah, this is great. This is actually um, before the Christmas bird count that takes, part, uh, takes place every year, we do an owl count by listening, and that's where this was inspired. Owling. Not above deceit. We'll try anything to pry cries from the silent season. The flick of a recorder switch releases screech owls descending tremolos. Then we voice it, more convincing, repeat until a dog on some distant stoop rises to defend its territory. Saw wet, barred, great horned, we ascend the food chain, calling into the high black shadows, into hidden swamps and back roads where descendants of descendants keep camps on no-name lakes, retreat down long ribbony drives, know the places owls live. Winds comb tresses across the moon's face from a nearby barn, the soft blowing and shifting of horses. Dark sequesters all we give it to our queries, who cooks, who's awake? Deep in winter woods, mine's ear scours the barrel-bottom night for any answer.
2: Thank you, Susan. We're talking with Susan Edwards, Richmond. And Susan, In uh, on your website, you have a kind of pick of the month for poetry. I don't know if we have time to, to read it. It's a poem by Terry House about a couple or a pair of uh, red-tailed hawks. One of the phrases, though, in there uh, refers to anthropomorphic longing. And I thought about your preschool teaching after I read that and the way children kind of anthropomorphize not just real animals, but even stuffed animals and toys. How do you approach that in your class?
3: Of of course, of course, adults do it as well, but um, children do. And I think it's actually a great um, beginning of empathy with children that they can identify with another animal and see their own qualities. It, It helps them develop that connection. So we do have lots of plastic animals, plush animals that they can play with and we also go out into the farmyard and, and see the domestic animals as well as uh, Drumlin Farm where I teach. There's a lot of wild animals who are not able to be released to the wild. Um, it's interesting because we there is research on um, in the children's in children's education that children do bond more closely with an animal that has a name so recently when we have some animals in the classroom like we have a couple of uh, snapping turtles that were head starting uh, for release later and we sometimes have chickens in our yard a pair of chickens we've named Thelma and Louise (laughs) um, they do they do form a closer bond um, but they do understand that some of the animals that are in enclosures the wild animals are not named because they are not pets Um, they have a different relationship with them
2: so coming in October, you're releasing a children's picture book called Bird Count. Give us a quick synopsis of that, if you would.
3: Yes, I'm super excited about that. Um, Bird Count, as I was mentioning, the Owling book um, is was inspired by the start of the Christmas Bird Count. Bird Count is actually the adventures of a child who goes on the National Audubon Society's Christmas Bird Count, which is, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's an annual census of birds that are resident in December. Um, there's a period of time when, and, and it takes place throughout the hemisphere. It's not just in New England or Massachusetts. Um, people are doing it in South America and Central America, even Antarctica. Um, this, this child is, is doing a New England trip, and it, it has a lot of bird watching tips as well as the excitement of discovering the birds in, in a variety of habitats.
2: Susan Edwards-Richmond writes about the relationship between humans and wild nature. She's the author of five poetry collections and the upcoming children's picture book, Bird Count, coming in October. You can learn more about her and read some samples of her poetry as well on her website, susanedwardsrichmond.com. Thank you, Susan.
3: Thank you so much. I really appreciated this opportunity to talk to you today.
2: Here on Talking Birds, up next, it is our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Tanzania hosts more than a thousand bird species. And on safari with Nasera Safaris, you'll see the birds and the big five. The lion, leopard, elephant,
0: rhino, and Cape buffalo.
2: That's Nasera Safaris founder and guide, Joseph Dunguru. And Nasera Safaris provides more, says co founder David Clapp. We offer customized safaris and mountain climbing adventures in Tanzania, Kenya, and Uganda, and gorilla trekking in both Uganda and Rwanda. Going on safari in Africa is an unforgettable experience, and there's no better way to do it than with Nasera Safaris. See their website for details NaseraSafaris.com. N A -S S E R A Nasera Safaris. You're eligible to win the contest if you haven't been a winner here on Talking Birds in the past six months we'll give you the phone number here in a second and invite you to call in as soon as you possibly can because we're terrible time managers around here and we don't want to run out of time for your call so rescue us and call us as soon as you can Uh, a special feature of our mystery bird contest is that you don't necessarily have to get the right answer to win which is kind of a cool thing in a contest uh, because if nobody does get the right answer then a drawing will determine our winner based on those nearly correct answers that we receive. Uh, So we we did our preview a little while ago, but let's hear the sound of our mystery bird one more time here. (laughs) Our crow-sized mystery bird is mostly black with white stripes on the face and on its long neck and a red stripe on the cheeks of the male. It has a large triangular crest in a long chisel-like bill, our bird's primary food is carpenter ants, supplemented by other ants, wood-boring beetle larvae, termites, and other insects, which it finds by digging rectangular holes in trees. Beautiful prizes, including the Droll Yankees' window mount songbird feeder. It attaches right to your window with a strong suction cups, and no, it will not fall off, even after you load it up with... Two cups of seed or fruit or mealworms. Plus, we have a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that uh, makes learning bird sounds a game. And, is another bonus prize, a two-pound bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. Here's the number to call, 781-837-4900. Uh, please don't hesitate to get your call to it as soon as you can. 781-837-4900. Meanwhile... Mike O'Connor has some things to say on our Let's Ask Mike live segment in just one minute. I'm for,
1: feathers, I'm for,
3: wings, I'm
1: for, for what it's, worth, for what it's worth. I'm for the birds. Here at Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation.
0: My name is Rich Downs. I'm calling from the island of Oahu in Hawaii. I highly encourage others to consider becoming Talkin' Birds Ambassadors because it's a a great resource for uh, new birders especially. And by becoming a Talking Birds Ambassador will allow you to become more of a part of the Talking Birds community
1: talking birds listeners we hope you'll become a talking birds ambassador just visit our website talkingbirds.com click on the contact button and then choose the become an ambassador option we'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors that's the contact button at talkin'birds.com. and thanks
2: Given that Mike O'Connor will not go on the air without his music, we have a primitive way of playing it from the birders' meeting here, and I think we got the point across that it's time for Let's Ask Mike. Mike O'Connor is down there at the legendary Birdwatcher's General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Good morning, Mike. Hey,
0: good morning, Ray. Good morning. Who's that with you? I see Susan. Is that Debbie next to you, too?
2: That's Hi, Susan Edwards. Richmond is on my left, and our senior producer, Debbie Bleacher, is on my right. Wow. That's and, a nice outfit. I like the puffin shirt, Deb. Yeah, the puffin shirt is nice. What about my shirt? It's pretty nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's ordinary. Uh, okay, well, anyway. So, Mike, uh, I know you wanted to say a word or two about the bird that you and I would call, in casual conversation, Thyrothorus ludovicianus. But not uh, exactly, calls. exactly. That's, yeah. that's how I refer to it, typically. But, yeah, but but other people call it what? Carolina Wren. Carolina Wren. And, and as the name
0: indicates, it's a southern bird, the state bird of... Oh, look, I can hear it almost. It's the it state bird of South the Carolina. But yeah. it, on the, on the, it's been expanding its range further north, and it's a, actually a, a fairly common, although not often seen, backyard bird through this eastern half of the country um, and it's pushing its way out, all the way up into New England and even into parts of Canada in recent years and in 1901, back when you were just in high school, Ray, there weren't even any Carolina runs in Massachusetts and the first pair was discovered and they've been expanding ever since and I, I was think in junior
2: t- high then <laughs> <laughs> Come on,
0: huh? Oh, yeah, right yeah.
2: right. I, I should have yeah. given you the benefit of the doubt.
0: Uh, so anyway, they, so it's, a, it's a kind of a cool backyard bird. They, they take advantage of um, our brush piles and our wood piles and a little bit milder seasons and winters we've been having. We have a tough winter. We kind of lose the population. But what's cool about them is they don't migrate. They're here all the time. So no matter how mm. bad things get, how bad the winters get, they stay with us if they can make it through. Things we can do for them, they like suet. They like sunflower seeds without shells. And they'll even, uh, I've, I've had one just, when we had that snow yesterday, we have a, um, I, instead of suet, I put out this nut log, which sounds like something my mother used to serve on Christmas, but it's actually <laughs> peanuts pressed together, and they, they were they were picking at that. They'll also come to a few birdhouses, but most of the time they go to these weird, out-of-the-way places, like hanging baskets or, or uh, old laundry and stuff, we've, we've, uh, air conditioners. Yeah. with the you know what they have the covers on them in the winter they, they kind of creep into those and so they're, they're, a, they're a bird that has done well but as they don't migrate so if to, in order to expand their range they just have to kind of creep uh acre by acre all the way up and if they have a tough winter they get pushed back um but if you have one it's in it's going to be the same bird you have year round because they they stay in pairs and you can hear them singing as you just discussed Year-round, they play that wonderful song to learn their call, because you'll realize you have more of these birds than you, you probably know.
2: Speaking of wonderful songs, we just heard yours. It's your exit music there, as a uh, matter of fact. Right.
0: Yeah, I got things Nothing to do. Personal, getting... but yeah. <laughs> so it's like the Academy Awards <laughs> getting played off stage.
2: We'll talk to you next week, Mike. All right, sounds great. Good, good show, Rex. All right, thanks. That's Mike O'Connor down there at the legendary Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Meanwhile, uh, we're back here uh one more time at the mystery bird contest and maybe we could hear, Jesse, that mystery bird one more time. A crow-sized bird, mostly black with white stripes on the face and on its long neck, red stripe on the cheeks of the male, a large triangular crest and a long, chisel-like bill. You couldn't mistake this uh, bird for any other bird. Well, that's not true. There's another bird that's not around anymore that you might mistake it for, but that's a whole other story. So uh, it looks like we have some a couple of calls from Massachusetts, and our first call is from Portland, Maine, and it's Silas. Good morning, Silas. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I'm seeing your name written down here, and I think it's the right spelling and everything. That's an, uh, May I spell it? S-Y-L-U-S. That's yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Where does that name uh, originate? You don't have to tell I, us if you don't want to, but, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. That's an honest answer. That's, all right, Silas. Well, that's all right. It doesn't matter about that. What What's important to know is what is our mystery bird?
0: Uh, I believe our mystery bird is a paleated woodpecker.
2: We have a little studio audience here. Could you tell us by applause? Yeah, I believe we have. We even our guest Susan Edwards Richmond is applauding. So I believe we have a unanimous uh, decision that that is uh, absolutely uh, correct. Nice job, Silas. I'll let you go so you can look up the origin of your name. And meanwhile, <laughs> we'll be uh, we'll be sending you those beautiful prizes okay. uh, from Talking Birds. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Silas. Silas. I want to say Silas. I knew I was going to do that at least once. But it's Silas in Portland, Maine, (laughs) correctly identifying the pileated, or some say pileated, woodpecker. Holy cow. We're out of time for our show this morning. Susan, thank you again for being with us.
3: Thank you so much, Ray. It's
2: been great. Hey, next week, the creators of the amazing Wall of Birds, the fantastic bird mural at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology in Ithaca, New York, and the story that features... uh, Let's see, the book that features the story, that's what it was, and amazing illustrations of the birds. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, Homa Sarabi Donay, and our engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. The
3: bird show. I like that. I love that.
2: Ray Brown's Talking Birds.
1: Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store or Leanscape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. We'd like to invite all of Ray's listeners to join us on one of our free upcoming walks at birding hotspots throughout Rhode Island. Explore the smallest state in the Union with the biggest variety of birds by visiting our website, www.oceanstatebirdclub.org, for more information. You can also follow us on Facebook. Find out all we have to offer birders with Ocean State Bird Club.